star date caca <laughs> welcome to star trek discovery pod a kind of smart kind of funny podcast covering new and classic trek i am a face made on an inanimate object uh that is made for companionship your captain mariah gossett and with me on the view screen we have your positronic pinocchio paul Sitachit. yes <laughs> yeah, see, i'm working on the puns so there you go You're getting... uh, how, how did how did i do you're catching on 100%. <laughs> a plus. Um, Clyde will be joining us in just a few minutes. He's just running a few minutes behind, but we wanted to jump on at our scheduled stream time. Tonight, we are covering the seventh episode of the third season of Lower Decks, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Uh, but first, we just have a few reminders. Paul, can you remind the listeners about where to subscribe to the podcast? Yes, uh, listeners, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast at Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, all our links are at uh, StarTrekPod.co. Uh, and if you love our content and like to help us, like uh, we have a Patreon. And for just $2 per episode, it could really do, uh, do us some good at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Correct. Thank you, Paul. Correct. Uh, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I did it. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> You're really nailing this co-hosting, Paul. I yeah. appreciate you. <laughs> um, and tonight, if you are participating in our live chat, um, you can do so uh, by typing out capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod, um, so that we can kind of flag it if it's a question or a comment you have that you want us to pay attention to. Also, uh, in a few minutes, we're going to get to some of our spicy thoughts. What did we overarching thoughts about this particular episode? If you have some quick takes you want to share, you can do a capital HF, capital HF in the chat, uh, and we will take a look at those as well. All right, Paul, I think it's time to dive into this planet of hillbilly birds. Hillbilly birds. Caca, indeed. <laughs> Caca. Uh, discuss a mathematically perfect redemption. Uh, this episode was directed by Jason Zurich and written by the incredible Ann Kim, the mind of Ann Kim. And Clyde is here. Hello, Clyde's Clyde. Clyde's here. He made it. Yay. He beamed in. Look at that. I'm, I'm yes. working it. <laughs> working it in beaming nice. in uh clyde has made it yes so this episode was directed by jason zurich written by ann kim and clyde you're just in time i think you know what time it is it is time for time for some hot freaks hot freaks clyde what did you think about this episode Oh, do I have to go first? Cause yeah, you haven't been here yet. You haven't had to talk yet. It's all you, Clyde. I'm gonna say something that I have not said in what feels like four years of podcasting about track. Maybe, maybe I've said this once. I didn't love it. <gasps> I didn't love it. Gasp. <laughs> um, it's big for me because I'm a, I'm a big fan. And so it's hard for me to say I didn't love it, but I didn't love it. Um, it just, other than there were a couple moments that I liked, like For the Flock, I thought was great. Um, but I just, I was struggling with a couple things and trying to figure out, like, is this too much Rick and Morty? And then I, I realized, when I realized that, um, Peanut Hamper is voiced by Kether Donahue, 
I realized, oh, this is like a scene out of You're the Worst, which is a show that I love. Mm-hmm. But when you take You're the Worst and smash it into Star Trek, it it became a little like, what am I watching? Um, and so while there were these moments of kind of cuteness and laughter, I, I miss the ongoing plot of our our normal characters. Um, though I am assuming that this was a part of a plot device for something else. So that's kind of where I'm at. All right. All right, Paul. Oh, a somber, somber moment. <laughs> your, here. your thoughts? Sorry. I did want to just correct. So Anne Kim, uh, who wrote this episode, does not work on Rick and Morty. So she right. previously right. wrote High School Musical, the series, and also wrote for New Girl. Um, Which so. I love. Oh, wow. It's yes. Jess. Who's that girl? <laughs> it's Jess. <laughs> uh, let's see. My hot freak. I thought it was a perfectly adequate Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> Wow. Uh, no, no, and that's not bad. That's not bad. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that for me, like, I I feel like it's a trend in like newer shows, especially like 10 episode episodics, to mm-hmm. to go and do something non non main cast. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I like I use the example of Master of None, where uh every of the two seasons, like there's that there's a episode where it just goes and speaks to a different part of whatever, whether a different character or the world. And I was like, okay, if this is this episode, I will just rate it on that merit. Like, you know, uh, like there was an episode in season two, like the ninth episode, like the one where you go into various other crews, lower decks, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Vulcan and the Klingon. And I, I thought that that was, that's probably the, the apex of doing that for Star Trek right now. Like I go like, that's, that's what you're trying to hit because that was hitting concept and delivering on the like, Oh, here's, here's another wink at the world. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this didn't quite do that. Although you could make an argument that like, this is a homage to uh, that episode where Kirk is stuck on the uh, native American planet. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Or like there, there, are, or or when I was watching with my wife, she was saying like, "Oh, is this like the Picard episode where he gets like, uh, like with the flute, you know, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in Next Generation where like you know he's just you know everyone's going like, oh, he's mm-hmm. sleeping, and then you know Picard's like going like, oh, where's my kid? Oh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, my plan has no water, you know. <laughs> so so I could see all that, like you know, they did it, they made a choice making it with uh, Peanut Hamper. Who isn't main cast? So that made it feel less like if it, if it were Boimler or anyone else, I would have been completely into the episode for me. Hey, Paul, I love what you just said, right? That they kind of focused on Peanut Hamper. And I would add to that a character that I don't know that we like. Yeah. For instance, this would have been really interesting if they had done a, a, an entire episode on Jennifer coming after like the last week's episode. Oh yeah, sure. This would have been a really interesting or the last two, two weeks. Mm -hmm. This would have been a really interesting episode. Like just around Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I might've been into that. Yeah. I I think anyone like, uh, like for me, I go ransom, you know, because like, you know, you, you, it could be, it could be anything. And any one of them would be, would have been a great thing. Uh, So they, they chose peanut hamper, which is, 
a bold choice. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I, I was, uh, I think uh, Ryan Murphy said this to someone on the Glee project. He goes, oh, Charlie, 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 you're always going to make the bold choice. But the bold choice isn't always the right choice. <laughs> I, uh, so I'll be the odd person out. I mean, I really loved this episode. <laughs> Beautiful. That's, that's, what, that's right. And, and that's why it's great, right? And yeah. and I can 100%, I, I hear all of your criticisms, and I think they're all very valid. I think I am just that person who sits at the intersection of, like, was I entertained? Mm-hmm. Did this... Um, hit i i like things that are um so bad they come around to being so good again that's like a genre that i thoroughly enjoy Mm. and to me this fit that kind of niche um it was a character that no one likes but is iconic and we did not know what happened to that character i was very surprised there was no b plot bringing us back to the ship Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form i was i was kind of waiting for that and that'll be kind of my criticism of the episode was i would have been interested to have seen where we were in 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 place in time with their other characters right they had a moment that sort of let us know when there was a bit of a time jump with a season change um before the wedding um but it sort of reminded me of another episode where um, no, it's a very love hate, which is Threshold from Voyager. <laughs> Threshold is, is that the one with the uh, the, the, the lizard lizards? babies? Yes. Yeah, lizard babies. Yes. Like when Paris hooks up with uh, Janeway. Janeway. Yes, it's another. Uh, you either love or hate that episode. I feel like. <laughs> and, um, no, no, I, I yeah. love the fact that like you know here are the best minds in all of Starfleet. Can't break warp ten, but like Neelix. <laughs> You know, Neil looks um, over a, a pot of coffee. Goes like, "Oh, what about this? Oh, yeah." Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I would. We, we have again some. I feel like it's a fifty-fifty split in the chat as well. Um, maybe not. Maybe more of like a seventy-thirty. I don't think this is everyone's <laughs> favorite episode. Um, Kieran says we've been waiting all season for Talyn, and we got Peanut Hamper instead. <laughs> nice. Maybe a rewatch will help, but it easily no. among my least favorite LDS episodes. Pod, when Peanut Hipper says, fuck, is something we space folks say when we're stranded on a backwater planet with no culture. I laughed out loud at work. That is a fun one. Um, Marge, is what is the mathematically perverted redemption? Um, was not this for Peanut Hamper. Um, let's see see i'm gonna get to that later choopy i see your comment though um carmen hot freak i didn't love it however it did feel very uh the original series and the writing was clever to fit a whole story in 30 minutes i will need to rewatch it agreed um some people think this is the wrong time for the season uh the chat is on fire about this episode y'all yeah <laughs> uh pod peanut hamper is like lore a character you love to hate uh, have we met the AR before in Star Trek? We have not. Um... So I will say there's one that I, I thought nailed it, and it's this one. Within a 26-episode season, a one-off is excusable, but not a 10-episode a season. I, I'm kind of expecting this to tie in oh, somehow. The, but, like, so many limited, I'm just kind of like, uh, what happened here? And especially because I've been looking forward to this like every week, I actually just just to be honest with you, Mariah. So you know, we get screeners. I mm-hmm. hadn't seen this one in advance, and so earlier this week, I was so excited about 
the next episode, I went to look at it and realized that they had expired. And so, so I've been looking forward to this since like Monday. Mm -hmm. And so it was up early this morning and was like, yo, I'm going to watch this and was like, what the hell am I watching? (laughs) I, you know, I feel like that is a justifiable reaction to this episode, (laughs) but I think that's why I like it so much is that I, I feel like I appreciate the change in rhythm at this point in the season. I was kind of hoping we'd get something moving that's sort of going to moment us to the last half. But I think there is something here because now we've kind of come back into dealing with the um, uh, uh, the Drumani scavenger, Drukmani scavengers that show up. So I feel like there's some potential there. But I also think it's fun to make things because they're fun. <laughs> and that's why I think fair. I like this episode. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, yes, like, you know, you are allowed to have your thoughts. <laughs> yes. I mean, the other thing is, like, if you're sitting in a writer's room and someone's like, it's sitting there, right? It's like, you know what's going to happen. There's the what happened to Peanut Hamper, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. sitting on a board for somewhere for a while. And they've been sitting there being like, when is this going to make sense? And so, so far... I have trusted them and I've not been disappointed. And so I'm hoping it will propel us in an interesting direction. Like, I, th- I think the episode in itself is fine. The, the question is like, did it scratch my uh, lower decks itch? And, I'm, and the answer to me, for me is like, sure. But like, but, but like, but it, it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like last week's episode where like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this, this will do. But the, uh, yeah so it, I, go ahead Clyde I was gonna say it did not scratch my lower decks itch mm-hmm. I'll tell you what it did it had me going huh when is Prodigy starting <laughs> that's literally what happened like I was like hmm, if I had a RuPaul Drag Race shade rattle I'd hit that oh, yeah. now sound love effect it. right now love it love it I mean I'm, I'm being honest this is, yeah, this yeah, is probably no, no, a little no. bit more honest yeah. than I've been that's right but I but I think for me, Lower Decks has just escalated, not even by season, but by episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just gotten really, really good. And so this was this was a splash of cold water when you were not expecting it. It was just like, whoa. It was, it was very jarring. But I think that was the point. Um, and I, so when I step back, I look and go, for what they were doing, it was masterful right Paul I love I love what you said this was a this I thought it was this was a perfectly good episode of Rick and Morty right like I thought like if you had picked this up and and put it in Rick and Morty I was like hmm birds had like on a planet with birds having sex with machines this is so perfect Rick and Morty they they have like the the best line too like you know there's the part where Peter Hamper goes like you know, it's not a flying snake. If everything has wings, it's just a snake. <laughs> the, you can literally hear, like, if you if you squint hard enough, right, you can hear Rick saying that, right? Yeah, it, like, that is definitely it, 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 a Rick lie. And so I look at that and go, okay, so if, if I was ready for it, I'd have been like, man, this is great. So when I look at what it is, it's not that it's a, it's not that it's a bad episode. It just was not what I was expecting. And it's going to take some processing, 
but there's some moments talk in to it my therapist about this I yeah can't wait, i can't wait till next week you go like you know what guys i was wrong this is my favorite episode of all like you know <laughs> no um i did want to ask you guys prior to this episode have you had any lingering thoughts about what happened to peanut hamper have you been craving a peanut hamper episode or a return of the peanut <laughs> listen, listen. I think it was summed up by their choice in giving us a previously on, mm-hmm. right? It's the first time they've done that. Yeah, we also did not get an opening credits. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the opening like sequence was actually pretty cool, though. I yeah. did like that. Yeah. I thought it was dope. But like the fact that they had to do a um a a, a reminder. A reminder when it was like it was like, oh, I was like, what peanut hamper? Oh, like it took me a minute to like. So to answer your mm-hmm. question, Ryan, no, mm-hmm. I hadn't been thinking. Hmm, when they go to like, I am literally thinking. When do we find out who to lend? And like, I I'm waiting for that. Peanut Hamper did not get an additional thought. No. Like, I, I, I for me, I was going like, oh, I don't really like Exocoms. <laughs> maybe highly maybe, unlikable yeah yeah like maybe it's me but like i i prefer my android bipedal i said it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's out there i said it it's out there you know like get all these star trek hate you know <laughs> here's something that's interesting though i think uh was it last week or the week before when we were all doing our lower decks like caricatures mm-hmm. i think they had an exocom as one of the things in it mm. mm-hmm. And I don't remember, like, I was remember, I remember thinking, I've seen that before, but what is it? Now I'm looking back and going, oh, yeah, okay. That thing, that thing that (laughs) That was around. Mm -hmm. Um, I did really enjoy the character design of the Aeors. I thought that they were really interesting. I, I think it's fun, specifically in Lower Decks, when we get to come across different species that would be really hard to pull off in full prosthetic makeup in I think uh, in a similar way so I always enjoy when they get to kind of either bring people back or update some folks or give us something new um also Rada was played uh is voiced by Harry um Shim Jr who I think is a, a very underutilized actor he's really lovely um I played poker with him once at a charity thing and my thought was like, you know, on the show, you, on Glee, your head doesn't look that big. In real life, it doesn't look that big either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. That would be rude. But I was, I was going like, oh, you know, like because they say that, like, you know, most TV actors mm. big heads. And I always looked on, on Glee like, oh, you do not seem like you have a big head. And he doesn't. That's good to know he's proportional. <laughs> IRL. He was very proportional as an owl alien. Um, exactly. And uh, yeah, some people, he's from Glee. I think he's also on Grey's Anatomy now. I believe. Is he really? I think so. That shows on like what it's 100th season yeah, or something no, like that. Um, <laughs> and then his dad, uh, Cal Torius, is voiced by um, James C., who's also a pretty iconic voice actor. Um, he did like Kung Fu Panda and a few other like in like the Jackie Chan animated series and a bunch mm. of other things. Um, so I thought that was some fun. I always like when they get some fun guest actors to to pop in. Agree. Um, and like I said before, Kether, if you haven't seen You're the Worst, uh, Kether Donahue, mm-hmm. who, who plays Peanut Hamper, <laughs> is from 
you're the worst. I love that show, but it is a show that I don't tell very many people that I love because it is, it's so far out there. It is kind of like, just what if people just did not care and just did whatever to whatever mm-hmm. um, that it's somewhat funny, but it also tackles some really interesting issues around PTSD and depression. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't to recommend it, around. I do what I recommend it. It's kind of hard to, um, yeah, to bring this back around. So one of the other reasons is I actually really like this episode and what felt the most truck to me about this episode was it's like larger commentary on society. So this very much to me, it felt like peanut hamper is playing that I'm like a colonialist um, white savior type coming into this quote unquote primitive culture with my technology and my better ways of doing things, but you end up just making everything worse um, for everyone involved. And I was like, this is an accurate portrayal of colonialism. <laughs> and, you know, it's like someone who's like, oh, but I have changed. I have learned the ways of this, you know, this indigenous community. And now I'm a better person for it. But in the inside, you're still not actually a better person for it because you've been educated in this uh, bad system and and still have these lingering thoughts about the society you have now tried to push your agenda upon so to me it felt very trekking that you came away with a thinker (laughs) (laughs) with with the robot and the owl people yeah (laughs) just perfect it's a perfect perfect uh analogy i don't see how y'all didn't see it right away (laughs) it's right in our faces like like the 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 black and white episode you know uh, Mm -hmm. it, it, it like it's right there right on the nose um i uh so yeah did y'all pick up on anything like that what did you think what what was kind of your thoughts about um specifically to once we get some federation officers on the planet who are like oh because you've done something good we can maybe look past the bad thing you did but just kidding you still haven't actually changed as a uh, an intelligent entity clyde uh, so i thought the colonialism kind of reference was was really interesting um especially because usually the way we see it is the reformed redemptive arc and this was just like at the end peanut hamper is is kind of like yeah no i wasn't yeah i'm i'm not trying to stay with you like it's like a very destructive way to get out of a wedding Mm -hmm. um but i also thought it was this interesting commentary on technology because you've got this culture that has said, hey, look, we we went one way where we, we had the most ad- advanced technology around and it destroyed us. Mm-hmm. And then we went the other way where it's to just remove all technology together and now we're vulnerable. And it's kind of like we overcorrected. I thought it was an interesting, you know, an, an interesting commentary on that. And I think particularly now because there's so much technology around the question is are you on one edge or the other are you somewhere in the middle so and then how they didn't give us any answers but they asked an interesting question so i Mm -hmm. I, that was something that i kind of looked at and was like oh i i'm I'm fascinated by this this dialogue yeah it's like what would happen if we as a society realized like oh we are spending a lot of money and technology on just fighting with other people what would happen if we decided to just stop doing that yeah what if we just turned off the internet 
Yeah. <laughs> and we we might lose this show. So that, that that's a that's a that's a that's a non-starter. A no-go. Yeah, it's a non-starter. <laughs> it's a non-go. Um yeah, this was a really dense story episode as well, I thought. I, it like we we go on such a journey with Peanut Hamper from being lost in space with a a, a castaways reference to Wilson where she has Susan um to then warping into this other society and then having to like be a fish out of water sort of moment but then get um i don't know it it was such a i will say the romantic relationship between the two of them felt like a bit of a surprise to me at the beginning but then i was like i guess why would you make him a hot bird if we didn't want him to be in a relationship (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know how i I guess you can judge uh, if it's a hot bird. I mean, like with your mammal normative, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> viewpoint, Mariah. Like it's, it's so un. I don't know, man. Uh. Look, I'll say this. So one of the benefits of being a patron of the show is that you get to hang out in the Slack. And so I've been in the Slack a couple times today. Mm-hmm. I've been on the spoiler channel. Uh, I did a rewatch with uh, some of our patrons, and the subject of the hot bird came up consistently. <laughs> Yes. So, yes, definitively, he was a hot bird. Yes. I was going to say, there's always, like, I don't know. Does everyone remember their first cartoon crush? What was your first, like, cartoon crush? First uh, cartoon crush. Wow. That, that That's easy. That's an easy answer, right? One of the best cartoon crushes of all time. Jessica Rabbit. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I think mine was um, the Fox Robin Hood. Fox Robin Hood. Yeah. Yes. I think for me, it's, you know, it, it's the same, you know, uh, it's Wonder Woman on the Super Friends. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it, it tracks with like, you know, uh, Linda Carter live action, you know. Uh, it just like, progressed. <laughs> I, I don't know which one I saw first, but like I, I've always had a thing for Wonder Woman. Strong women, you know, like you know, I sharing too much. <laughs> Back to the pod. <laughs> Um, man, I, uh, this is a, a little bit of a tangent, but this week I was watching a, like a masterclass day with Alex Kurtzman, um, talking about like writing for TV and film and the differences, whatever. And, um, uh, I had totally forgotten that he was a showrunner on Xena Z- warrior princess and Hercules. He? Yes. Oh, like I, I, I know one of the, 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 the creators of Xena. Um, yeah, he was like 26. He was like this super young, like head of the writer's room for Xena. And I was just like, man, Alex Kurtzman really writing me so many crushes throughout the entirety of my life. <laughs> I mean, Lucy I'm, Lawless I'm, is flawless. Lucy Lawless, <laughs> absolutely. Like it, when I was uh, when I was courting my wife, it was either my wife, Lucy Lawless, or Shania Twain. And Shania and Lucy did not return my calls because I didn't so. I didn't know them. So like I, <laughs> but like I mean, it was. Lucy. Mm. <laughs> She's great. I... <laughs> oh no. Okay, I so mean, back to... I can't I can't I can't even attest to whether or not Xena Warrior Princess was actually a good show or not. Because Oh, it's perfect I... camp. It's perfect I... camp television. I, I mean, because I at that age, especially as a teenage boy there's no way I could convince you that I was watching it for the plot, right? <laughs> like, 
it's like if if I'm watching it for the plot, then of course I'm also watching Hercules, which I am not. I am watching Xena. So yeah, I I'm okay. Anyway, Back- hot, hot cartoons. <laughs> Where Back are to Star we? Trek. Back to Star Trek. I warned you last week, Paul, that we go like it just can go in an interesting place and um there we are. Yeah, I, uh, back to it, uh, some things to talk about within the episode. So for a while, I was concerned that Peanut Hamper was breaking the Prime Directive. I mean, she's obviously not super concerned with breaking a lot of Starfleet rules. But then I like how they wrote themselves out of that with this whole reveal of their mm-hmm. technology underneath. And like, oh, we've built our society on top of the ruins. That doesn't of- count, though. Like, that's, <laughs> no, that, that doesn't count. Like, you know, if, if you break the rule, if you go steal from someone and, and then like, you know, and then someone goes like, oh you can have it like you know you still stole yeah no she's still like not good i mean peanut hamper is not good through and through and that's definitely what we um what we've learned in this particular episode but this this was one of those things i was just listening to there's an episode of of lost culturistas with um two of the creators of los spookies i don't know if y'all are fans of that show on hbo but they were talking about how in their particular writer's room they they lead with the jokes and they lead with the comedy beats more than they lead with what are we trying to actually say in this episode. And to me, that kind of felt like what this episode was also like, that like we are going to various dude. Yeah. I, like I we're that. leading with jokes and cause it was dense. I mean, there was plenty of laugh out loud peanut hamper lines for me in this episode. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I, I thought the, no, it's, it, it it reminded me of a lot of things. It reminded me of Star Wars, Rick and Morty, like all, a bunch of uh, Star mm-hmm. Trek episodes. Like, you know, uh, you know, like anytime you have bird people, it's it's just something, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, so. Yeah, like, you know, but I felt in some ways like to what you're saying, Mariah, like they kind of it felt like that they kind of led with these with the concept first and rather than the than the arc first does that make sense yeah uh and and which is fine for an episode yeah we've now locked her up except in a box except for clyde clyde not, not quite not, not not okay for clyde <laughs> no no i mean i i am i'm looking at it and and trying to think about some of the things that that did sit with me and i was just thinking like what did it re- remind me of i think there were some moments um it, you know, it was a little Planet of the Apes for me too. Yeah, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though it looked more like Birdman, the uh, was it the Hanna Barbera cartoon? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it felt more like kind of Planet of the Apes. Like you've got someone who's landed on this planet who comes from a different type of society, and you know, it, it becomes a problem, especially early on when they're like, "We don't want, we don't want them here." Um, but yeah. It was, uh, I mean, there, listen, I, like I said, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, but I do think there's some genius in it. Yeah, there's some lines, too, that just, like, were, they felt like throwaways, but were so dense with the joke. Like, she says, one day I'd like to, or I thought one day I'd just go to Free Cloud with the intent of being a Dabo girl, but then I ended up joining Starfleet instead, only to mess that up in the end. And to me, the jump from Dabo girl to Starfleet officer as a, a like a, a non-organic being is fascinating. <laughs> well, I I thought it was interesting because 
that line stuck out to me because just last week we had uh, Boimler playing Dabo, right? Mm-hmm. And yelling out Dabo. And I was like, oh, like I thought that was a very clever reference to something that was brought to our forefront. Mm-hmm. just a moment ago and so i was like oh like i didn't have to think about like, wait what was that it was like oh i know exactly what it is yeah it almost feels like last week they were like okay we're gonna slap you in the face with familiar characters familiar places and a lot of nostalgia and then this week we're gonna go off the rails <laughs> we're lulling you into a false sense of security before we go really weird <laughs> oh, you know i wonder if the sky snake is a reference to like raising with wolves you know, like oh, the you mean dancing. Ra- no, no, raised by no. wolves. Like, you know, oh, the, uh... raised by wolves. Oh, yeah, yeah. because the like show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, isn't it based on a book? Uh, I think a short story. Okay. Uh, but but yeah. Anyway, like that's, that's, it just hit my it hit my head. Like you know, yes. it's a lot of things. There's a lot of things there. Yes. Um, we do ultimately get some fun space fighting once the uh drukmani come in uh, because peanut hamper called them in order to make herself look like a hero um so we have a little bit of a fight there we also then get uh rada the sort of son of the leader retaking his the big mothership up and saving the day and ultimately it was nice to see people saving themselves um not the savior saving them right um even though uh peanut peanut hamper tried to take all of the credit for everything um but i thought it was a fun flip-flop because i was like oh this would be too easy and too nice of a bow if like peanut hamper saves the day right oh definitely you know uh like i actually like a jerk you know in, in in my uh in my uh, my consumption of media, like you know, like mm-hmm. a good jerk is, it, it it's a uh, is well, it, it has to be good, mm-hmm. you know. I I don't know if Peanut Hamper is a good jerk. There's not enough of her, like right. Mm-hmm. You, you've only seen one and a half episodes of her. Uh, so like one of the things that I thought was a little extreme was like, oh, did she go to like you know, like Daystrom Jail, you know, it, uh, for 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 what for for self-aware megalomaniac main yeah. megalomaniacal computer storage but like but like yeah. what is she really it is, it's not like she was landrew and took over a planet and you know all she did was basically go like oh uh i kind of want to get off this planet i want to like play uh hero for a bit and so like she, she's just a sociopath not like but she did essentially commis- commit like a terroristic act and destroyed mm-hmm. an entire village she did. I, I I don't know. If, I don't know if she was expecting that. Like you know, like like it might be in the ballpark, but I don't think she's going like, oh, the, you know, uh, they're going to come in and destroy the village. They're just going to come in and like she has to call, you know, the Cerritos and blah 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 blah. But like, I, I don't know if she. I don't want to be the guy defending uh, Hamper here. I, right, right, right. I'm, I'm not that guy. She did try to call the Borg. That is also true. <laughs> Did try well, that is very true. That's very true. Like, you know, uh, it was, it might have been a third, it? it was third strike, you're out, you know, yeah, like <laughs> fair, fair. That, that, that is absolutely true. Like, I, I, I yield, I yield. My, my point well, is, 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 I'm off. I, but I, I, I don't know if putting her in jail in that particular jail was the best idea. Yes. I mean, to me, the idea of hey, 
why don't we take a bunch of megalomaniac, super intelligent computers? You know what we should do? Put them in the same room with each other. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I'm fully waiting for the episode that takes place at that institute and something goes horrifically wrong. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm just like, that's it's like the Chekhov's gun of lower decks. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's funny too because, like, uh, it's the Daystrom Institute, right? And like Daystrom uh, in TGO, uh, TOS, like, he created this computer that was multitronic, it was like pre positronic. And it was supposed to take over the Enterprise, and it went crazy and started killing everyone. <laughs> so the, the fact that you have, like, you know, an institute where uh, where you're keeping all these killer computers by a guy who created a killer computer is uh, funny. Ha, 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 ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, to think about canon a little bit, right? We know uh-huh. the Lower Decks is canon. Mm-hmm. Picard happens, what, about 10 years after this? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Right. So the Daystrom well, Institute uh, is technically still there. No, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Right. So Absolutely. it's not. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean something bad hasn't happened True. there. <laughs> Starfleet Academy has been destroyed many a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I will say, like, you know, like, uh, once there is that break, you know, like the, the, the robot revolt, like, Picard isn't coming fixing it. It's the Cerritos. So, yeah. <laughs> so, how bad could it have been? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's going to be like, uh, you know, like a couple of them who can't do too much damage start doing some bad things, and the Cerritos has to go fix it. Um, let me see. Did y'all have any other thoughts? <laughs> about this episode Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite little uh bits was that uh when peanut hamper was floating around in the opening Mm -hmm. you saw rutherford's implant yes and Mm -hmm. so my question is like is badgie still around that is a question that is a question right because i like badgie like that that's a jerk a homicidal jerk yeah no no but but he wears it on his sleeve like you know (laughs) like he he owns it or it owns it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I did like when she was, when she, um, uh, I guess, administers the, the antivitam to mm-hmm. the, the chief. When she added, he was like, how do you feel? It was like, I feel great. She's like, oh yeah, I gave you some vitamins too. Like, I thought that was a nice <laughs> kind of funny moment. Um, she did have some really good lines. Peanut Hamper had some 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 nice lines. Yeah, there's for me there's quite a few little laugh out loud lines of just like, oh, your bits are complicated. <laughs> or like, um, yeah, just a lot of really silly one liners. I was trying to. I think I had uh, some of them pulled up. Uh, let me see here. What, what was it? It was like uh the it was like the the one of the goal or the fate of the few outweigh the fate of the many she was like what about the the fate of the me the fate of the me yeah yeah um yeah we also had hey doyle how are those stomach worms clearing out oh yes my fecal matter is back to being oily and white great but also gross um Oh, the song. I'm I'm full of song when I'm with you. Kaka. Oh, you scared the living bleep out of me. Never do that again. Um, You're still doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I long for the touch of your nozzle, but our pieces are so different. <laughs> um, yeah. Then the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few, baby. But aren't you aren't? But you aren't even a few. You're just one. No, I'm Starfleet for her small moment of redemption. Um, yeah. Oh, get back here. Uh, when um, Captain Freeman's trying to capture her, get back here right now. Ensign, that's an order. Smell you later. Oh, yeah. And I mean that literally because y'all shit everywhere. <laughs> uh, peanut hamper, is it? Oh, I must say that's a mathematically perfect name. Thanks. Who the hell are you? I'm uh, Agamus, and I think you and I could do awful things together. And then I thought it was really funny when all of them started evil laughing. And then she's like, shut up. This is my evil laugh moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of wish was there, but for no reason other than because I think it's hilarious, is if you ever like type in like owl legs. You know, oh like, yeah have you ever seen when they pull up their feathers and they're exactly. just those weird little legs yeah, so i kind of was hoping that you know like you'd see like the owl legs here like even on the even on the hot owl <laughs> i mean it was kind of like an interesting design but yeah i think if someone like pushed up their feathers you would see they have weird skinny little legs are you looking up owl legs clyde I, you know, my hands are there, but I'm just <laughs> not sure. It's one of those things. I was like, "Hey, man, you should Google this." I'm like, "Man, do it's, I it's trust really, you? it's really don't not spooky. It's more funny than anything." But yeah, it's oh, like <laughs> that is just weird. That is just very, now, very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like you imagine that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been another good joke. <laughs> Yeah, because it would have been, you know what it, it would have been? You would have had this hot bird with the six-pack abs, right? But with chicken and legs. This, with chicken legs. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you, you're like, you can't skip leg day, man. You cannot <laughs> skip leg day. Uh, even the owls cannot skip leg day. Okay, my final question for y'all is, do you think this is a Lower Decks episode? No. Paul? I, I, you know, like, I'm a person who is a stickler for structure mm -hmm. and and concept and the concept of lower decks as I understand it because you know who am I I'm some like really handsome amazing anyway uh, Android uh, <laughs> uh, is that like lower decks is uh, here are the people who grind it out against the backdrop of the most amazing things that are happening in the universe or you know and so here we really lose that backdrop. We're just with one person and, you know, uh, like I, uh, I, I feel like that in itself has made it away from, you know, what a Lower Decks episode is. It's not outside of Star Trek, like I said, you know, like Star Trek does do these one-offs where like, oh, uh, you know, Kirk loses his memory and is like, you know, and now he, he does CPR on like some, you know, I guess. Native Americans, I guess, you know, like whatever the preservers, you know, like, uh, but like those are far and few in between and they're people who we know. So in that way, uh, it's really like, I, I watch a lot of Top Chef uh, or I used to at least. Uh, and what uh, Tom Clickio would say is like, uh, the real problem is when you start changing multiple ingredients in the, you know, in the thing. And there's a cascade effect that makes it 
you know, that, that you can't control. So like, like you might change your lasagna and you, instead of using veal or meat, you use like tuna. Don't do that. But like, you know, <laughs> but like you can control that. But if you then change it, the, the, you know, the pasta instead of like pasta to like, you know, like snails or something, then it's good. It's going to quickly become nonlinear. And I feel like this is, they changed one too many things uh, to keep it lower dexy to me. Mariah, what about you? Do you think yeah. this is a lower decks episode? Be I honest. Do. <laughs> I do because we still followed a member of the lower decks crew. Sure. We still followed an ensign um, who we were introduced to within the confines of our lower decks crew. Um, and it is just another tertiary episode. Like when y'all were saying if this was an episode about Jennifer, if this was an episode about one of the other crews, and like when we went and saw some of the other crews and other ships. To me, it's still someone who doesn't know what they're doing, getting tossed into a really big situation and having to learn a hard lesson at the end, which to me is the format of Lower Decks. Um, sure. And uh, I am also a person, though, Paul, who would order something like a chicken tikka masala lasagna. So I might not be the person to answer this question. Because you, you, you got to try it. You got to try it. You, gotta, that's no, why, that's why I, I, you, you know, certainly I, I, do not have to try chicken tikka masala lasagna. Why? It is sauce. It is a protein. You can put in the noodles. There's already cream in the sauce, which is basically just a spicy bechamel. It, it, it's, a fu it's a fusion that to me feels like it violates culture, right? I mean, it, I've it had a chicken tikka masala culture. pizza. Wow, that's strong yes. words. I, listen... <laughs> Like, listen, I love Indian food, but I try but to respect the culture. Chicken tikka masala is also not actually Indian food. You're already starting with something that's been removed from its culture and created and palated for a bunch of other people. But, but, but you know, okay. we, we get Clyde's point. Point, you know, Clyde's yeah. saying, like, you know, I'm just, just it saying. sounds gross. That's that. <laughs> like i i wouldn't really be looking for like a collard greens lasagna either so you, you know what we should do is like we should get an episode of <laughs> of us uh on the patreon and like we should make chicken tikka, tikka masala lasagna and force it feed it to clyde and see what he thinks <laughs> i'm gonna deep freeze it clyde i'm gonna mail it to your house <laughs> and, uh, and I'll definitely go, okay here we go T chicken tikka oh this is quite good is it no i knew it wasn't gonna be good <laughs> Well, we will see for sure. Uh, no, I, I, I am moderately adventurous with food, but that just sounds like a oh, big clash of culture. What, what, what if you called it Andorian lasagna? You wouldn't know, and all of a sudden you're, you're at a Star Trek restaurant, Andorian lasagna, like you know, chicken with butter sauce and pasta. You eat, you go, oh wow, you know, it's like chicken tikka masala, but, but you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, it's all framing, baby. It's all framing. Like, if you could get, I could sell you a drink called like Borg Macronutrients, and you would buy it and you would drink it and you would say it's great. Here's <laughs> the tough part. Shake. Here's the tough part. The tough part is I had chicken tikka masala on, on, on Tuesday and I had <laughs> lasagna yesterday. So <laughs> I'm literally trying to combine these two things in my head and going, it's like a clash of flavors that I just don't know is going to work. <laughs> so that is what I'm struggling with. So no, I'm going to figure out a recipe and I will, and I will, right. I will do something. <laughs> all you got to do is okay. like, uh, like, like make the pasta blue. And all of a sudden, like, it's like, Oh my God. It's, 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 it's... So, 
Okay, so before like bring us back around, one more mm-hmm. thing I'll say is I had the same question that Nicole had, right? So Nicole says, I kept wondering how Peanut was staying powered on. My thought was, wouldn't Peanut Hamper run out of power or the ability to replicate things? Um, like it doesn't seem like that's an endless supply. I do wonder what her power source is. Potentially there could be some solar options going uh-huh. on. Um, uh, th- there was some uh, talk about it, right? Like, you know, in the very beginning, the owl leader goes like, oh, uh, you-, you were rebuilding your power, whatever, mm-hmm. like so something like that. So, I yeah, have- but, but don't you need something like a component to replicate things? And isn't that a limited support? Like, you don't just replicate things out of midair, right? I don't. I don't know how you replicate. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, I am not sure about Peanut Hamper's full technological capabilities. Um, but yeah, but you know, like the question. Like, let's say that it's a uh, that not to get truly nerdy. Like you know, she has like a, a mini uh, antimatter, you know, power cell or something like that. Like you could just use that, you know, like and you can just convert, like you know. I, I know it, it, it would it would depend on how much antimatter she has. That would that would that would be the answer to that. All right. Well, I'm not going to derail this by asking super techie nerd nerd Trek questions. But you know, I was going to say I'm actually going to be um, potentially talking to Dr. Aaron again within the next week. So I we could we could add it to the pile of questions if we would like to. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. Do it. I like. Yeah, it'll be like uh, it'd be very interesting to see what her response would be like it's a cartoon (laughs) (laughs) well i mean usually she's like that's a great question and we'll explain it (laughs) that's right well or we'll tell me it's a question for the other side well you know like uh exocoms happen to have a fourth quantum singularity in them similar to romulan uh you know warp drives and blah blah. all possible all All, possible that's right all possible okay y'all i think um that might be it for this episode that will continue to haunt us for the rest of the season i'm sure in many ways (laughs) Just like a burp after a chicken tikka masala lasagna. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna and, close and, all these and, pictures of owl legs because that's gonna haunt me. <laughs> Maybe we'll call it like like what what would be a layer did like an Andorian something that isn't lasagna. Mm, mm-hmm. like, and uh, I'll think of something clever. Andorian yeah. layered sauce vehicle. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all of those things. Thank you to everyone for tuning in live who got to join us. It was a great crowd tonight. We appreciate y'all. If you are listening to us in the audio stream, thank you so much. You can leave us a review um, on Apple. You can also rate us on Spotify. We appreciate that as well. Find links to everything and more at StarTrekPod.co. You can also visit us at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. If you need to continue to talk about this episode, that is the place to do it. So for just $2 an episode, you can join us over there. Clyde, how else can people find us on the internet? Check us out on Twitter uh, and our socials at Star Trek Pod. Um, and shout out to Karen, who helps runs our Twitter. Thank you, Karen. We thank appreciate you. Karen. you. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. We will see you all next time. Live long and prosper. Bye. Bye.